mountains are still being moved. Hello, and welcome to Raising the Standard with Pastor Owen Moody of the Richmond House of Prayer in Richmond, Kentucky. You're invited to join us each Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for an anointed full-length message from Pastor Moody. After the message, we'll be back to let you know how you can contact us. On this podcast, Pastor Moody brings us a message entitled, Compel Them to Come In. His scripture text to be taken from the book of Luke chapter 14, verses 16 through 23. Here now... Pastor Moody. I want to just uh, share a message with you tonight. I want to talk to you just a little bit on the thought of compel them to come in. And uh, uh, I just wonder, have you ever felt compelled, you know, really just to, to do something or go somewhere or reach out to somebody, perhaps to help someone or maybe, uh, you know, even somebody you didn't know? Uh, in the 14th chapter Uh, of Luke, our Lord does some very important teaching. And uh, he goes, before I read, I just want to kind of set you up for this. He goes into the house, the Bible says in the first verse uh, of Luke 14, to one of the home of one of the chief of the Pharisees to eat, and it's on the Sabbath. And the scripture said that they're watching him to see what he's going to do. No doubt there's many influential people there, uh, important people there. And in the midst of that, there is a man, the Bible says, that has dropsy, and, uh, which is what was a condition, what you might identify with, with heart dropsy or congestive heart failure because of excessive fluid in the body. And that's what they knew it as in Bible times. And this man had this. And uh, they're watching to see if Jesus will heal this man, of course, which he does. And then he begins to relate to them a story. And I want to share that with you from Luke chapter 14, verse number 16. The Bible said, Then he said to them, A certain man made a great supper and bade many, invited many to come. And he sent his servant at supper time, saying to them that they that were bidden, Come, for all things are ready. Watch this. And it said, They all with one consent began to make excuses. The first said unto him, I bought a piece of ground and I must needs go and see it. I pray thee, have me excused. And another said, I bought five yoke of oxen. I need to go prove them. I need to see how they can work. I pray that you would have me excused. The next one said, I'm married. I've got married. I've taken a wife and therefore I cannot come. And so that servant came and showed his Lord these things. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servants, Go out quickly, watch this, into the streets, into the lanes or the alleys of the city, and bring in the poor and the maimed and the halter, crippled and the blind. And the servant said, Lord, it is done as you've commanded, and still there's more room. Watch this. And the Lord said to the servant then, Go out into the highway, stand by the side of the road, and compel them to come in so that the house may be filled. Father, add your blessing to the reading of your word. Now, as I told you, Jesus 
amen, goes into this house of this chief of the Pharisees and he begins to feed them and, and uh, uh, to eat with them. And there's this man there with dropsy and they're watching him to see if he'll heal. And Jesus asked them the question, said, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? And they held their peace and he took him and the Bible said that he healed him and let him go. But then he said, which of you, talking to these religious leaders, these Pharisees, all of these important people that were there that had no doubt come to this feast as they were accustomed to. And he said, if you have a donkey or an ox that falls into a pit, would not straightway and go and pull him out on the Sabbath day. And they, they couldn't answer him when he said these things. So then he begins to put forth a parable to those that were bidden and marked how they chose out the, uh, the chief rooms of, of, uh, of them and saying, you know, if you're not careful, you'll go and ask for the best seat in the house. He tells them, first of all, a parable of a, of a man. Uh, he said, uh, when you're bidden to a wedding, don't go sit in the highest room lest somebody more honorable than you comes and, and they ask you to sit down and take a lower seat. But when you're bidden, go and sit in the back and uh, maybe they'll invite you to come up to a place of honor. For whosoever exalts himself shall be abased and he that humbles himself shall be exalted. And Jesus says, when you make a dinner, amen, or you're having a feast or a supper, don't just call your friends uh, nor your brothers, nor kinsmen, relatives, nor rich neighbors, that they may also, you know, reciprocate and invite you over to their house to eat and recompense be made thee. But when you make a feast, he says, call the poor, call the lame, the crippled, the, the outcast. Nobody wants to invite, and then you'll be blessed, amen, for they cannot recompense you, and you shall be rewarded, amen, one day at the resurrection. And so Jesus then begins to tell them this parable. And uh, he said, I want you to understand some things about this, that the heart of God is to compel the whosoever will to come in. That was the whole point of this parable. And I begin to think sometimes if we're not careful, that we'll be a little bit like those priests were, like those Pharisees were, We'll invite those and we'll fellowship with those that we know are going to invite us back, reciprocate and fellowship with us. But I began to think like this as I was reading this story and thinking about these things that how God has put it in our hearts to reach out to those that are in need. Amen. Those that need healing. I thought when Jesus went into this home of this chief of the Pharisees, these notable people of society. And yet Jesus paid attention to the man with the dropsy, the, the man that needed the healing. Amen. There was another time when the Pharisees began to upbraid Christ because his disciples plucked corn on the Sabbath. And the scripture said he went into a synagogue and they all followed him in to see if they could find fault with him. And in the synagogue, he didn't pay any attention to the fault finders, but there was a man there with a withered hand. And he told him to stretch forth his hand. I want to tell you that it needs to be the heart of the church, amen, to uh, be able to reach out not just to the wealthy and to those that could, you know, as I said uh, already a couple of times, reciprocate by, by being a blessing to us as well. But he wants us to look around for those that are poor, those that are crippled, those that are lame, those that are needy, those that are addicted, can I say, 
In other words, this is the heart of ministry. To look beyond ourselves and what we're going to get out of what we do and look at what the needs of the people are. I'm not just talking about physical need. I'm not just talking about financial need. And there's a lot of that out there that we can do. But can I tell you, there are people today who are in great spiritual need. We must reach out to those who need healing and feeding, but especially to those that need to be saved. When I think about this story that he told about the man that made the great supper, of course, my mind runs to the marriage supper of the Lamb, to the fact that Jesus said, I'm going to prepare a place for you, and if I go, I'll come and receive you unto myself, that where I am there you may be also. And Paul said, the Lord himself is about to descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, the trump of God, the dead in Christ are going to rise first, and then those of us who are alive and remain are going to be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so you and I, we understand that to be the rapture of the church and the, the Lord coming to call the saints home. But can I tell you that there, as we're preparing for that, that there are multitudes around us that are lost? Can I tell you that there are multitudes around us that don't know Jesus, who are living lives, amen, steeped in sin and caught up in the snares of sin, the devil doing everything that he can to them? And Jesus said, I want you to be a person that reaches out to the lost. I want you to be a person that's concerned about them who don't know Christ, those who, who are dying and, and uh, they're on their way to hell. What a terrible way to say it. But they are, my friend. Jesus said, you must be born again. And how can they believe on him, amen, in whom they've not heard? And God is calling us today to be that voice. So Jesus shares the story that ends with an exhortation Go to the highways now and, the, and, and, and uh, out there into the hedges and compel them to come in. Think about this. They invited the, the usual guest. When they wouldn't come, they, they went out into the streets of the town, into the alleys, and found those that were homeless and crippled and hurt and uh, invited them to come. And then the servant came back and said, we got them, but there's still room. And so then the cry of the master is, go out to the whosoever will. Go out to those, amen, by, on the highway. And, and can I say it in our day, we'd say flag the cars down and invite them to come in. You and I need to be that person, amen, that has the understanding that God is wanting to furnish, amen, his supper with guests. And I thought about the man who made the supper. He invites the expected guests. Amen. Those that would normally come, but they start making excuses. I bought some ground. I bought some yoke of oxen. I've got married, one of them said. And it's easy today for people to excuse themselves, I thought like this, from the table that the Lord has spread. One of the hardest things that you do as a pastor is to see people come to Christ and be saved and serve the Lord, many of them for years, and then all of a sudden see that they begin to drift away and begin to neglect in attending the church and doing the things that at one time they felt like God had called them to do. So yet, here we are today lifting up our voices and compelling, amen, for the people to come in. Uh, I want to say this, many have become so accustomed to the invitations that they've become very proficient at excusing themselves. And uh, I know so many times that you mention 
coming to church and well, especially since the pandemic, it's very easy to use that as a reason not to come even as we're seeing it decline. And uh, I thought like this, that many people have found many reasons not to come back to the house of God. And it's not just about coming to church, folks, but it's about serving the Lord, about being that voice that's out there trying to bring the lost in. Amen. Trying to furnish the house. Amen, with the, the lame and the halt and the maim and those that are in bondage to sin, those that are lost and away from God. I want to just look at the exhortation, amen, of this verse and uh, uh, amen that I read in your hearing tonight. Amen, in verse 23, when the Lord said, go out into the highways, the hedges, and compel them to come in that my house may be filled. First of all, I want you to know that, that it's a personal work. Because the Lord said to that servant, go out, or I could say it this way, you go out, amen. And this simply means that God wants each of us to be involved in his work of bringing the guest into the house of the Lord, bringing the helpless to Christ, amen. Trying to find a way to get people to Jesus. In Matthew chapter, or I'm sorry, Mark chapter 2 and verse 1, the Bible said he entered into Capernaum after some days and it was noise that he was in the house and talking about Jesus and mobs of people begin to come uh, straight. Many were gathered so much that there was no room for nobody else to get in, even so much as to even get close to the door. And Jesus preached the word to them. Very familiar story. Verse 3 says that, that four men came carrying one that was paralyzed with a palsy. And uh, they, when they couldn't get into the door, the Bible said that they went up and tore up the roof and they let down the bed that the sick person was laying on. And when Jesus saw their faith, amen, he said to the one that was sick of the palsy, son, thy sins be forgiven thee. I want you to notice here, four men were so compelled to get this paralyzed man to Christ that even though they couldn't get in for the crowd, they tore the roof off and they let the man down to where Jesus was. I want to tell you that, that this, this personal work involves, amen, uh, that we should do all that we can. Praise God to try to go out and bring the helpless to Christ. But can I tell you, we also need to bring our family members to Christ, amen. I was thinking about when Jesus was, uh, amen, was being introduced in the Gospels and he started calling his disciples. The Bible said in John chapter 1 and verse, verse 40, that uh, there were uh, one of the two which heard John speak. John the Baptist followed him, and it was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. And he first, when he heard Jesus speak, he was one of those that was following John, and he went and found his own brother Simon and said, We have found the Messiah which is being interpreted to Christ. And, by, and verse 42 of John 1 says that, that uh, Andrew literally brought Simon Peter to Jesus. And Jesus beheld him and said, Thou art Simon, the son of Jonah, but you will be called Cephas, which is by interpretation a stone. The scripture said in verse 45 that Philip, another one, found Nathanael, amen, and said unto him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and the prophets did write, and it's Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And in verse number 49, when, uh, when Nathanael uh, had met Jesus, he answered and said to him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You're the King of Israel. In James chapter 5 and verse 19, James said, Brethren, if any of you do err from the truth and one convert him, 
let him know that he which converts the sinner from the error of his way shall save a soul from death, amen, and shall hide a multitude of sins. I want to tell you it means something to be involved in the business of of compelling the stranger, compelling the person on the street, the person you work with, compelling your family members, doing everything you can, compel them to come in. I, I felt like God put it in my, on my heart today as I read this to begin to try to deal with people, to be active and be involved in trying to bring people to Christ, not just to church, but learn the gospel, know how to share the saving knowledge of Christ with lost people, whether they're friends and family or strangers, and compel them to come in and to come into the house of God. And that was the, the gist of what Jesus was telling in this parable. I want you to notice the zeal in the work. Not only did he say, you go, but then he said, when you go, compel them. That word compel means urge them. Amen. Do your best. There, there must be a renewed zeal in the house of God for the work of God. In Ecclesiastes 9 and 10, the Bible said, whatever your hand finds to do, <clears throat> do it with might. Really apply yourself. For there's no work, no device, nor knowledge, nor wisdom in a grave where you're going. You can't do anything for God after you're dead. In other words, do something for God now while you're living. Amen. Do you know that the Bible says that all of us that are Christians are going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ one day? And uh, I, I don't know if people take this seriously or not. Most people think about getting saved and they think it's a get out of hell free card. They think I'm just going to, you know, I, I got saved, I get to go to heaven and that, that's all there is to it. But friend, one day you're going to stand before Christ at the judgment seat and he's going to judge you for the deeds done in the body, me and you both, amen, after we were saved, whether they were good or whether they were bad. Paul gets, got real graphic and said, some men's works will burn up like wood, hay, and stubble because they really didn't do anything for God. Others, their works are going to come through the fire like gold, purified, amen, in a fire, and, and, and fashioned into a crown, amen, of reward that we'll get to cast at the feet of Jesus to honor him. Amen. Jesus said this. Can I challenge you? In John chapter 4, verse 35, he said, Say not that there are four months, and then comes harvest. Behold, I say, lift up your eyes, Dear Lord, if there was ever a day that the church needs to get its head out of the sand, proverbially speaking, and uh, look upon the field, look at the world, look at the people around us, look at the media, look what Hollywood and Washington and the, and the masses are producing. It's so ungodly. It's so unscriptural. And much of the church is being lulled into complacency and sleepiness. And, and we become so concerned with political correctness that we fail to sound the alarm in the holy mountain and to blow the trumpet in Zion, as Scripture says, and warn people about sin and tell them Jesus is coming. And if you don't do it one day, we're going to stand before God. Jesus said, don't say there's four months and then cometh harvest, but lift up your eyes, look on the fields, they're white. They're ready to harvest now. And he that reapeth receives wages. You're going to get paid if you serve God now. 
and gathers fruit unto life eternal that both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. Do you know when, whenever Jesus talked about reaping and sowing and bringing in bearing fruit, he was always talking about souls. And so when he said he that reapeth receives wages and gathers fruit, he's saying he's gathering souls, amen, unto eternal life. And so that both the one that sowed and the one that reaps Amen. May rejoice together. I want to tell you, then he says in verse 23, the third party, he names them as soul winners. He says, compel them to come in. Can I tell you, church, God has called us to win souls. Amen. Uh, Don't be somebody that just sits back and disregards the lost. And, uh, you know, you, you, you may even be waiting for some preacher to come and knock on your child's door or your family's door and invite them to the house of God. Or you might hope and pray that they might come along some broadcast and, and somebody might preach to them. But God's called us to be soul winners, every one of us. Amen. He said, uh, uh, amen, Jesus told the parable of the vine and the branches. And he said, every branch that brings forth fruit he, he purges it, amen, he prunes it so that it brings forth more fruit. If it doesn't, he cuts it off and burns it up. It's, it's unprofitable. I, I, you know, I really feel like God wants us to understand it's the responsibility of the body of Christ to win souls. It's not the preacher's job, amen, only to win souls. It's the entire church's job. In Ephesians chapter 4, Paul sets forth the five-fold ministry. Listen to what he said. He said he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. Watch this, for the perfecting or the maturing of the saints and the church. That's what that means, amen? For the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Let me, let me translate that. Our job in the pulpit ministry is to train workers and raise up laborers to go out into the harvest and bring souls in and win people to Christ. Amen. It's not just that, that we preach and, you know, we do preach in church and people get saved and thank God for that. But wouldn't it be great if we could walk in here Sunday morning and, and, and 25 or 30 of our people had already won somebody to Jesus and brought them to church and all they had to do was walk forward and make that public profession and then go on to the to the baptismal pool and be baptized. Wouldn't that be great that the church that the, amen, that sheep are producing lambs, that's God's plan. Amen. And uh, so he said, for the perfecting of the ministry, for the work of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Listen, Proverbs 11 and 30 says, the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. The fruit of the righteous, those souls, is a tree of life. And then he goes on and says, and he that wins souls is wise. And he saith unto them in Matthew 4, 19, Jesus said to those that he was calling, he said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. God has called us to be that person that compels people to come in, folks. He's called us to be soul winners, to be personal workers, to go out with zeal, and do what we can to try to bring people to Christ first of all, then to the house of God where they can be trained and taught and discipled to go out and, and do likewise, to win people to Jesus. Amen. Jude said in, uh, in verse 23 of his one chapter book, he said, others save with fear. I mean, get, get about this like you're scared for people. Amen. Save with fear. Pulling them out of the fire. Hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. Oh, when I look at our world today 
and see the condition that she's in and see what's become of our political systems and what's become of the entertainment industry. When I look around and see what's become of the education system, everything in our world that ought to be producing something good and fruitful, most of it, much of it's been corrupted and it's anti-Christ, it's anti-God. And I don't speak that to their shame. The Bible said there are those that don't know the gospel. And the writer Paul said, I speak this to the shame of the church. There's a world out there going to hell. We can't blame it on Washington, D.C. We can't blame it on Hollywood. It's the responsibility of Christians like you and I to compel them to come in. Can I challenge you to get a burden for some lost people this week and begin to pray for them and begin to speak to them and begin to invite them to come to, uh, to, come to Christ first of all and win them to the Lord. I want to tell you this story real quickly, and then we're going to pray. But uh, many years ago, there was a man that I knew of. He'd been in prison, and, and uh, he'd, been a, he'd been a tough character all of his life. And, and, and there wasn't nothing good you could say much about him. The town that he lived in, most people stayed away from him. They were afraid of him. And he pulled into a service station one night to pump some gas. And he looked, and there was a man standing over on the other side of the pump pumping gas. And the man was, just had his eyes fixed on him. And this person that everybody thought untouchable and mean looked at him and said, what are you looking at? And the man smiled and said, well, I suppose I'm looking at you. And he said, well, why are you looking at me? And he said, can I ask you a question? They said, I guess, what is your question? And he said, do you know that Jesus loves you? And all of a sudden, this man that everybody was afraid of stopped, pondered that thought, looked at the man and said, no. Nobody ever told me that before. And he said, sir, can I share with you just a moment who Jesus is? And he took just a moment and began to witness right by the gas pump. While they're pumping gas, this man that had hurt people and beat people and was despised and been in prison and, and was rough and nobody wanted to do anything, have anything to do with him. In a few moments' time, a man with a burden, with a vision, with a, with a call to compel somebody right there by the gas pumps led that man to Jesus and he got saved and came to church that Sunday with him and stood up and testified and baptized. Listen, what are you saying, preacher? God is calling us to be that Christian, amen, that's ready to invite people to come to Christ. You know, what's the worst thing that could happen? You can talk to them and they can reject you. Maybe you can, you can invite them and they'll say no. But what if it's a miracle upon miracles? What if you're the one that, that wins the one that everybody in town's afraid of? Oh, are you hearing me? Will you just let God use you? Compel them to come in. If you're watching me this evening and you don't know Christ, can I compel you right now just to pray a prayer to him and say, Jesus, I believe what this preacher says. You love me. You want me to come to that marriage supper. You've called me to the feast of heaven. I don't want to miss it. I don't want to go to hell. Would you pray right now and say, Lord Jesus Christ, I accept you as my Savior. Forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart. I believe in you. I believe you're the Son of God that died for me, rose from the dead, and you're alive today, and I'm asking you to be my Savior. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, will you reach out to us by Facebook or by phone? Let us know. Amen. Go to the Richmond House Prayer Facebook page or call me at 859-623-8922. That's 859-623-8922. Let me know. 
you've gave your heart to Jesus. And can I challenge you? Let's get after him. Let's, you know, that scripture said some save making a difference, but others like pulling them with fear, pulling them right out of the fire, afraid they're going to hell. Will you do what you can? Let's compel them to come in. Praise God. This is Brother Moody. We love you. Thank you for joining us tonight. And may God bless you as our prayer. And said I- hope you enjoyed today's message and will tune in again next time. Raising the Standard is the media ministry of the Richmond House of Prayer in Richmond, Kentucky. For more information on the various outreaches and ministries of the Richmond House of Prayer, please visit our website at www.rhop.life. Thanks for listening.